Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Hi. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. And running the boards is Joey D's. Hey. Hello. It's Monday, so we're going to be talking about, well, movies. Movies? Yes, movies. Vicky's going to tell us all about turning red. She's also going to give us her take on The Batman, since it's available out on HBO Max now. Vicky also found a show on Netflix that seems really weird. And never heard of it before Yeah, yeah. Called last ad- week. Called Adventure Beast, so get ready for that ride. We'll maybe get to the more, but of course we'll get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. There's more. So much more. Or just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, so Instagram, much. YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey. Yeah, plenty of ways to get a hold of us, so please do so. We'd love to get some feedback about some of the things that we talk about, and uh, you know we appreciate your input. Uh, one person whom we do appreciate the input of also, well, it's Vicky. You guys miss me. We did miss you. You were gone, and you had a, a wonderful trip out on assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to get into all the fun and frivolity that was going on with there. but Lots uh, of booze. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but in between that, you did have a chance to go and check out some nerdy things. Mm-hmm. And starting off with a, with a movie that is... It went straight to Disney Plus, I believe, mm. and that was Turning Red. Yeah, so this is obviously one of the movies that kind of got screwed over by the pandemic. Yeah. And has become like one of their greatest movies since Encanto a few months ago. <laughs> right? Like, I, I'm i very much appreciating how much anybody can watch this. Like, that it can be said by a lot of Disney movies, but I mean, like, little, little kids. I have little nieces that are like two and a half, three years old. My little brother was enjoying it. He's three. Wow. Um, Two teenage preteen girls, guys, kids, adults, and even I watched it with my mom, and she really dug it, too. Um, I will say, while I was traveling, I saw this over the shoulder of a person without any audio, and I had to go home and watch it with oh, okay. audio. So I've technically seen this twice. Okay, I was like, wait, 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 wait. You did actually see it. You didn't yes. just watch it on a... <laughs> I didn't just watch it, you know, over my, the person who was sitting next to me shoulder. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, it kind of bases around a character named Mai Lee, or Mei Lee, I believe. And it's, she's a 13-year-old girl, and she's torn between being her mom's obedient daughter... Um, and then the chaos of just being a teenager. Uh, she, if that wasn't enough, she ends up, uh, when she gets too excited at a certain point in her life, she just becomes a red panda, a big red panda. A giant red panda, like panda. huge. Like, like if you've seen the trailers. Six just, to seven feet tall, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe six, yeah, six six feet tall seems about right. Yeah, and just think, just thinking about how awkward that would be, just right. like, just as, like, as a kid. Well, like, and she's obviously going through hormones at the beginning. She's like, ew, boys, or whatever. And then she starts finding herself like, oh, wait, no, boys. Like, okay. And so that is a big, that influx of hormones and awkwardness. And then having your, like, mom not listen to you and making things even more awkward. Like, the cringe is real in this. And I feel like that's why a lot of people were freaking out about it. And especially because, like, there is a, a reference to, like, people are like, is turning red a metaphor for, you know, being on your period or something, and there is that like moment where she's like, "I'm a big red monster," and her mom hadn't seen her yet. It's like, "Oh no, honey, I got you, I got you," and brings out all like the uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, all the uh, all the sanitary napkins, everything she may need. It was hilarious. It was super. It it it, it is one of those stories where. It's about a kid who never feels good enough for their parents, and then that parent never felt good enough for their parents. So it, oh, there is a lot of um, 
there's gaslighting. There is, you know, trying to get over your generational trauma. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that's like, and that was like, even like watching that or like seeing that, those issues, or even like you're telling me, you've told me plenty of times, you're like, you need to watch Encanto. And I'm like, you're absolutely correct. I know I would love this, but also family stuff is really right. rough. So it's it, like one of those yes. ones where I'm like, I want to be happy. I want to see superheroes beating each other up. I don't want right. to watch this. I know. There is a line in like, like without bringing the room down too much but there is a line that I'm it was one of those like I had to call I need to call my therapist and be like we need to discuss this movie a line in Encanto in one of the songs where it's like uh, I feel worthless if I am not of service and I'm just like dang it why did you get me with one line (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda you mother effer pay for my therapy (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) but uh, the thing I love about this animation though going back to turning red is that it's a it's an interesting vibe it does have that clean Pixar bright vibe or, mm-hmm. you know, Disney vibe. But it's as if they turn like anime mixed with digital Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. When you when you said that before, it kind of clicked on that as well, too. Because they have like very big smiles, big faces. like, And they'll go into like the anime, like traditional faces, the sweat faces, like all the little different things, like the big like starry eyes like the big glowy eyes when you either think something is really cute mm-hmm. or when you're like please like all of yeah, that yeah uh it's like you have your group of friends they're all awkward you know you guys are all weird and like i remember that that stage <laughs> and so it's a lot of fun i watched with my little brother and he was just cackling because of the the music the sounds the colors everything we didn't even get into the, like the panda stuff yet and he was already cackling really yeah he just thought it was funny looking and i was like all right i could see you uh, definitely like a good friendship movie, a good, you know, finally understanding, like becoming yourself, even if it's not who people in your life thought that's who you should be or how, you know, you even thought you were going to be. It's like finally kind of coming into your own. So it's a really good one for that. It just, it looked like, and it's just like, it looks so pretty. Just like, yeah. so like, it's just like. It's based in Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I know that it was also based kind of in like the early 2000s. 2002. Sort of and yeah, she's yeah, 13 yeah. years old. That's around the time I was 13 too. Oh, so this that, is going to hit really age. hard for you on that then. So like they do a lot of the boy band stuff. She's got a Tamagotchi. And I'm just like, oh God, I remember middle school. I'm just like looking at one of the hallways for uh, mm-hmm. one of their schools. And I'm like, I remember those lockers. I really remember those lockers. Oh, yeah. Those those were eternal. And this movie's been getting <laughs> praised a lot because it has a lot of s- subtle inclusion, I guess. It's not in your face inclusion. Mm-hmm. Like one of her friends, like it was it was very not in your face. It was just very sweet moment where like one of the characters, she's by mm-hmm. uh, one of the friends in the friend group. And it was just like, hey, she was just chilling out with a girl in the party. And the friends are like, yeah, talk to her. <laughs> talk to her. Uh, somebody else was praising like I've never seen a character that looked like me. One of the popular cheerleader type girls. She had a patch on her arm and someone's like, that's a diabetic patch. That's like the one I have. Oh, so just something okay. as subtle as that people are really recognizing and are really appreciating in this. So so you definitely recommend it for people then? Yep. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, g- give it a watch. You'll enjoy it. Love that. I love that. Now, also, Vicky. On the other uh, end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, on the other end of the spectrum, we go from a very, very bright and lovely movie into a dark and brooding movie, which would be The Batman, which, Joe, you have seen, and we had your review about it previously. And now it is out on HBO Max. Has been all week. Um, it came out on, I believe, the 17th or the 18th and just dropped out there. 
I was kind of surprised, but I guess this is the uh, the kind of uh, the HBO sort of uh, uh, aspect of it. Last year was the we're going to do them the same simul release for a lot of stuff, and there was a lot of blowback about that. So they pulled away from that. Now it was I guess forty five days later was when they're dropping the Batman. And I I haven't seen it yet, and I plan to. And, I mean, spoilers have already all been out there, and we're not going to get into that as much. I just really wanted to get your opinion on it, having seen it at home, because you did not go see it in the theaters. No, this is uh, a very dark movie in the sense of lighting. Like, all the memes oh. are not kidding. So I literally had to turn the lights off, pull the blinds down, because I was actually... I, because it was such a long movie, I knew I was not going to be able to sit still through it. Mm-hmm. And I had to do a lot of rewinding to make sure I caught all the cool fight scenes or if I missed any dialogue. So it took me a little longer. It's almost three hours long. Yeah. So I was working on some projects, and I had to, like, turn the lights off or get a little mini light because <laughs> it was that dark. <laughs> I couldn't see. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. It's not a movie I will say I'm going to watch again. Okay. Because it's not it's not a popcorn film. film. Like, The Avengers or any of those, you can watch over and over again, assuming it's not a bad one, like The Hulk or yeah. even like Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Age of Ultron. It's like, whatever. But you know what I mean. Like, you can watch these. If it's on, if you're, you're flipping through the channels and it's on, you're going to watch it. I feel like the Batman is not that kind of movie. Was it a like a work of art? Like the music in general, like the I believe it was a Nirvana song. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They translated something in the way, yeah. Yeah, they translated that to the score, so there are parts where you could hear it. So it wasn't just in the trailers, they actually were using yeah, it. They in the use movie. that song huh. a lot in right, the movie, right. but then they use the orchestral version as well uh, as like a okay. as part of the uh, score, underlying score. And like I really love that song, so it was kind of a cool little feature to have in it. Uh, but I was very skeptical on how Colin Farrell would do as Oswald. Oh, yes. As, as, as you may know him as the penguin. Or Oz in this. <laughs> oh, really? They just call him Oz. Uh, most like I like I love the way he looks. So I was like, okay, well, how? Like I'm just picturing him either as like bullseye or just with him with his actual <laughs> accent. Yeah. I'm, like I'm picturing like a mob bossy kind of guy. I mean, he even wanted a cigar, but they wouldn't let him have a cigar, even though Seems there's a lot silly, of yeah. a lot of guns and death or whatever. You know, fine, <laughs> no cigar for him. Uh, but he did a really good job. I really enjoyed his uh, penguin for sure. And I know a lot of people like at the beginning were like, oh, I don't know if Robert Pattinson can do this. And I basically the general consensus is that yes. He can do Batman very mm-hmm. well, and I mean, both of you, I would agree. I would have to assume would agree at this because I can see your nodding heads. Yes, I'm <laughs> nodding. Yeah, it was great. He, he is a phenomenal actor. Like as much as you want to make fun of him for Twilight, you can make fun of anybody for anything. Like even uh, like Matthew McConaughey, who I believe has won like an Oscar at some point. I think it was for Texas Dallas uh, Buyer, Dallas Buyers Club. Club. Yes, uh, like. You know, he was the, uh, the all right, all right, all right guy. Oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, Wooderson, man. Exactly. He All these actors come from really weird places to mm-hmm. start, but then they prove themselves over and over again. And Robert Pattinson, like, I haven't seen most of his recent movies because they're not really in my zone of movies I want to watch. Fair enough. Um, but there is no doubt in my mind that he is a one of the best actors, I think, of our generation, like it'll, in our age group. It'll be interesting just to see at this point in time, too. Like, I, I, I'm going to watch it, but it's just the fact that it's like, OK, well, it's got to save it for like a Friday or Saturday night. Um, and I got to have all the lights off. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. summer, so I got to wait till after like 10 p.m. because it's got to right. be dark enough. Mm-hmm. Like, did Joe, did you have any issues watching it in the theater itself? No, it was great. Oh, I feel okay. like that's the yeah. best place to and watch I think, it. Yeah, and I mean, and even going into this, I felt that that would probably be the 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 reason here why people mm-hmm. say go see it in the theaters. Maybe if it gets really re-released out in the theaters, maybe I'll go back and see it too. There's a scene with the Batmobile when it gets mm-hmm. revealed that is just 
I mean, I don't think it's if epic. you don't see it in the theater, like you don't get that full experience because it's like the bass gets booming when it comes oh, out. Okay. And you're yeah. not going to expect it. Like, I can't even spoil it for you because no. you don't see it coming. And it's so good in the theater. It's one of those, like, if I do get a chance to, but again, it's a really long movie. I would love to go see it in theaters because I like watching it. I do feel like I missed out on a lot of it because of it. Uh, but it's very much a whodunit. You're trying to figure out the puzzle. And I felt very smart because they're like listing off the riddles. I'm like, I know it. Like I, I like riddles. And I like reading riddles. So I was just like, I know the answer. Got it. And the guy's like, I don't know what the answer is. What's the answer? I'm like, I know what it is. <laughs> and I'm like saying it as if I'm watching like a trivia game or something. <laughs> well, it is available uh, out there on HBO Max. So you can go check it out right now. I know a lot of people are also hating on the Riddler. Like, I don't know if they were hating on like the Riddler out of the mask or the Riddler in the mask. But I love the fact like he was good in both ways. Obviously, they did like a voice changer when he was in the mask because he's trying not to be found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes it's, sense. it's like the whole Batman, like, or like, excuse me, the Bane kind of like, oh, discombobulated voice. Okay, yeah. It wasn't bad, but then when you see him as him, because if you know, if you know who the actor Paul Dano is, he's a very nerdy kind of looking guy, just like a kind of string bean looking mm-hmm. dude, just whatever. I'm in tech kind of vibes. And to see him be. Like the riddle out, Riddler out of the mask, I I thought I wasn't gonna like it. And he did a really good job. And same with John uh, Turturro as Carmine Falcone. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! He I didn't even realize fantastic... John Turturro was in this. Oh That's yeah. Cool. And he, like they perfectly cast him as well. But I I very much enjoyed it. Um, I also I'm not like not enough to where I also have to go in and like like go in and find all the details and like the, the misconnections. I'm like I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I don't feel like I need to waste any more brain space on it because it's not <laughs> I, and honestly I don't think if they ever decide to make a second one of this I don't think they should really I really wow. don't th- I mean they could they left it off to where you could do so much but as it could be a standalone movie and it'd be fine yeah that's also true I can see that and it's it, you, there is I don't want to say mistakes on like Bruce Wayne's part because he's not Bruce Bruce Wayne like the Bruce Wayne we know him he's very much he's learning to become Batman he's got more of a grip on that Bruce Wayne, we know him as a little bit more suave, a little smarter, like Mm -hmm. more charming. And his Bruce Wayne, because he's still pretty young and dealing with this, he's only been Batman, I think, only two years at this point. He he doesn't know how to do that. Like he doesn't know how to lie yet as Bruce Wayne or be persuasive as Bruce Wayne. Like I was remembering Christian Bale's uh, Bruce Wayne when he was driving and he wanted to save somebody and he was in his Lamborghini or whatever car it was and he speeds up and like, protects the person with his car. He, like, lets the other car hit him. Oh, yeah. And so as Bruce Wayne, he's sitting there like, oh, he's like, did you know what you did? You just saved the guy. He's like, what? I was just trying not to get the light. I, w- I didn't want the red light, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, he was so good at acting like he was a, a jerk or just, like, didn't give a crap because he's this, you know, what, rich millionaire philanthropist, whatever. Yeah, millionaire playboy. Wait, no, that's that's Iron Man. I mean, he is. <laughs> Bruce Wayne is. I know, I know. Bruce Wayne very much is as well. Uh, so Robert Pattinson's Batman isn't there yet. It would be cool to maybe see that, um, but if that's what you're kind of expecting or if you had a problem with his Bruce Wayne, because he's, he's still baby Wayne. Like, yeah. he's still it's learning. It's like year two, so yeah. This is before he falls in love, too, with his main love interest, too. You know, spoiler, the, the uh, other series, she dies. I can't remember her name for whatever reason. 
Uh, oh, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. you're talking about. It, and for some reason, my brain is just yeah. farting on that not one. Rebecca. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale's character, or not Beckinsale, Kate Holmes's character as well. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I can't remember her name. She's such a big part in all those movies. <laughs> but I, I literally, just, I will find it. But yeah, I mean, so that's the whole thing. And I was like, well, you understand that Bruce hasn't been Bruce Wayne that much because he has Rachel. Rachel, thank Rachel, you. thank you. He hasn't had to go through that whole trauma series because like, that's a big arc in Batman for well, what we've seen in the Bale series. So. Mm-hmm. What did you think though of uh, Jeffrey Wright's uh, version of Commissioner Gordon. Oh, it was good because uh, mm-hmm. it, it's young Gordon essentially. In this, he's series. not commissioner yet. Yeah, he's he's more of I don't want to lose my job, Gordon, which makes sense. But but, he also, but he's also taking risks. Yeah, but yeah, and he understands that there's a lot more corruption than he understands that that the police that he there's a lot that they can't do, and that's why he's very much a uh, uh, what's the word um, supporter and like a uh, he wants the Batman in on it. Yeah, he very much thinks that the police. The police, uh, the police force is innocent, but he realizes he's surrounded by wolves and he's a sheep right now. He hasn't fully, you know, mm-hmm. transformed yet, which is cool. And he was obviously giving Batman a lot of crap, which I thought was funny. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then you guys can all check that out again. It's on HBO Max. You can see it right now and in the comfort of your own darkened home. Um, and then finally, before we get to the geek sheet, Vicky, you found this show because you uh, we we have a whole list of things that uh, you know. It's like, hey, what did you watch? And you sent this to me, and I had to look up the trailer. Yes. And then I was like, what the hell do you find? You find the weirdest <laughs> cartoons. This one is called Adventure Beast. Yes. It's available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it seems like something that would happen if like Steve Irwin, RIP, managed to just kind of go off the deep end and not really care about humans anymore. Like he's just like, yes. you know, humans are kind of a problem. We need to save the animals. But it also seems like it's almost a little bit educational, too. It's a lot more educational than I thought. Okay, okay. I I didn't want to... So while I was traveling, I didn't want to just have um, shows and movies I've already seen. I'm like, let me put on a show that I haven't seen. I put in a couple comedy uh, specials because Netflix has a lot of those. I'm like, let me look for a different... Is there any other adult show that I really want to see? Because I've already obviously seen uh, Human Resources. I've seen Big Mouth. (laughs) And I found this in like the adult type shows. And it's actually kind of bases around a a real life person who does the voice of the main character. Bradley Trevor Greaves or PTG is what they call him. Oh. So he is an ex-military man who is now a wildlife expert. And so it kind of it follows the stories around of him with his field assistant, Dietrich, who is just like a big old pansy and afraid of everything, (laughs) of everything. And his niece, Bonnie. And and it was actually BTG and Mark uh, Gravas who created the show. So while he's going, every episode has a theme, uh, but he ends up doing the most ridiculous stuff in the name of conservation, whether it's to record like, hey, we need to get these two animals mating on camera. No, it's never been happened before. It's It's not filthy in the sense of like, Big mouth with like bad words and like (laughs) overly sexual, like explicit materials and stuff. But it's gory in some cases because he's always getting the crap kicked out of him. Okay, okay. Like every episode, it's like, okay, we're dealing with a bear and he gets like chewed up and like scratched (laughs) up. Like he's in like guts are coming out. Like he's always bleeding. So that's why I mean, maybe not for kids. Just but halfway through it, like he's like, no, of course, many animals do this or whatever. This is an important thing. And he goes into like an educational moment, like talking to the camera in a sense, like you, the viewer. Um, oh, wow. Okay, so breaking that fourth wall a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, it kind of feels like you're watching a nature show, but in a silly cartoon form. And the episodes are really short, anywhere between like 16 to 20 minutes. Oh, geez. Okay. So they're really quick watch. It's really silly. And I love watching the end. Like Netflix will automatically have you skip the uh, the credits 
But I say don't do that if you can't quickly click, you know, go back to the main screen mm-hmm. because at the very end you get to see the real BTG and he's talking with, I don't think she's really his niece, but the gal who does the voice of Bonnie, his niece. And they're sitting there and they talk about animals. Sometimes they have animals there. There's one where she's like washing the, a porcupine in real life. Like he's really passionate about this. So And he is Australian. So he does have that, have that accent. Oh, fun. But they travel all over the world. And he's like Diedrich, his field assistant, is like the only field assistant he's had that hasn't died on the field. Like, he, like they're all just dying. Like, oh, OK, let's get another one. Like everyone's just dying here. Like it's just super silly, super dumb. Um Definitely, like, if you love, like, those nature-type shows and you like learning, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a silly one. I, I have a hard time, conti- like, watching it in the background because I feel like I need to actually pay attention to it. Oh, it's... So, wh- I haven't even finished it That's hard that. for you on that. That is very hard for me. So, like, I've tried watching it, like, while doing other things, and I have to rewind and rewind. So, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait till I have time to, like, focus on it. <laughs> That's probably a good call. I mean, like you said, they're not that very long of mm-hmm. episodes. So, no. I think... You- I believe in you, Vicky. Right. I think you can do this. Uh, but there is talks that there's going to be a season two but nothing has been confirmed as of yet all right so you can just uh, binge that one season there and get on with it well right. vicky stick around because now it is time for the geek sheet with vicky b all right vicky what's going on so i feel like everyone has like one villain they really like go for whether they just like the character they like their uh what's the word, uh, pageantry. Okay, thing. yeah. Or they just have really good motivation. Like, I don't like the way you did that, but I see your point. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Ranker came out with the list of MCU villains with the best motivations for being a villain. And I'm curious to see if you guys can guess them in order. Okay. And if you got the right uh, I, okay. motivation. I think number one would be Killmonger. He's actually at number two. Whoa, really? Yes. I really figured that would be the one just because of the fact that, like, like through his own perspective, he's got a good idea, but, I mean... For those who didn't see Black Panther, he had a traumatic childhood, which mm -hmm. involved his father, you know, getting killed by his uncle, and so he became a ruthless member of the U.S. Black Ops group, and then he made his way to Wakanda to challenge his cousin T'Challa to become you know, for the throne to become the king of Wakanda, uh, all in the goal of arming oppressed African Amer- uh, immigrants all around the world. So yeah. he was just basically killing in order to, to bring fairness to the world. But he wanted yeah. to level the playing field. Yeah. And it was one of those reasons where you're like, I get where you're coming from, but also you're leveling the playing field, not to r- make everyone rise up, but to have everybody just essentially be able to kill each other. Yeah, yeah. he was doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the whole storyline of that movie is that they need to release their technology and become a part of the world and they've neglected their people kind of a thing. And he was like, I'm going to do that through violence. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's not usually a good idea. Wow. Uh, I will say that these are the MCU characters don't just mean the movies, uh, also the TV shows. Okay. Uh, I'll, you're not going to guess number one. So if you guys want to try to see if you can guess other ones. Well, I mean, I'm going to say Thanos. Because, uh, I mean, Thanos, Thanos, he, it was that whole thing where, like, he saw his own planet running out of resources due to population explosion. And so he got it in his mindset that, well, this is the only way that I can do it. So let's get rid of half the population. And that will be just okay and fine. Uh, did you guys ever watch or know a lot about Superman? 
because that was was that what happened to Krypton? I don't know for sure, but it was a similar idea, I right? Thought, I thought I thought they, like the world was exploding or like the it something. was kind of like that. I think that they've twisted it as the years have come by. Like I think at the very beginning it was just planets going to explode. Let's save our child, and then as they delved over the years more into what's going on, they've inserted ways that the reasons why. And I think for the big stories of the uh, of the uh, uh, of movies that that was one of those things. Okay, because that's yeah. what I was because that's where always Thanos reminded me of his was a little bit better. His yeah. was more, I've seen the destruction and I want to fix it. You yeah. know, and this is the yeah. answer I've come up with. Yeah. The th- uh, num- Thanos did come in at number nine. He okay. was nine. definitely yeah. trying yeah. to save the universe from overpopulation, which never made sense to me because the whole idea of overpopulation is that there's not enough resources, but when you snapped, you also eliminated half the fish, half the birds, half the food. Like, According- meat is a resource. And uh, if, if plants are a living thing, does that mean he eliminated half right. the, uh, the, that ecosystem, if you will? So or, you're not doing anything good. Or even like I think I saw something. It was like I think either like a TikTok or, uh, or Instagram meme or something along those lines. It's like, oh, yeah, half of the microbes in my body have just died. And now I am uh, immunocompromised and I'm dead. Like Thank it's you. like all those little sort of technicalities that you get in once you think about it a little bit deeper. So, so Thanos is number nine. We've got number two. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, let's uh, let's go from the bottom up onto the top and see some of these here. I was say I would guess um, my favorite one was always Kingpin. Ooh. I always really oh. the new Kingpin, of course. The okay, because he had a lot of cool like uh, the reasons why he was doing what he was doing. Like he wasn't he was a bad guy, but he was more like a morally compromised. Like he did things for reasons that made sense in his life and he even was, his wife too. Yeah, and he was try- I mean obviously trying to protect his wife, especially in the in the series. And it was um it was about control for him. Yeah. A lot of the times and like trying to like even like when he was fighting uh, uh, in, in the series, he was fighting Daredevil. It was like we have like we're, we're, we're we, we want to see our neighborhoods do well and we want to see our city do well. But again, getting back to it, it's doing like it the wrong way, doing yep. it the wrong way. But he also still wanted to be in control. Yeah, I will be in control because I know what's best. And, and I want to do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I will say that is a great one. Not on the list. I feel. I don't know if they per- um, purposely did this. They didn't include anything from the Netflix shows. Oh, interesting. Okay. Huh. Um, but there are from the new ones from Disney Plus. Number fifteen on this list is the Supreme Intelligence, which f- you remember from uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, wanted yeah. what it thought was best for the Kree Empire. Yeah, and that was it. Was another thing is it's so forgettable with uh, uh, with Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like I just realized yeah. that like both. Both the Supreme Intelligence, who ended up looking um, like her mentor, mm-hmm. but w- I don't even think really was, and then Jude Laws, like Yog Saran or whatever mm-hmm. his name was. Wait, no, that's a wild character. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. like like the, yeah. the Jude Law character was like mostly forgettable and right. kind of just like, all right, I'm your mentor and great. And now that you're super powered, now I just get my ass kicked. Okay, great. Moving on. What this says, it's it's hard to defend an artificial intelligence who's comfortable with gaslighting innocent people like it did with Carol Danvers and committing genocide on a universal scale as it did with the Scrolls. But the Supreme Intelligence did all of this for the safety of the Kree Empire. That doesn't make it okay, of course, but hey, at least it's, you know, heart was in the right place. I see your, yeah, I see your point. Again, you're wrong. I don't even remember any of that. Isn't that funny? You should go back and watch the movie. I totally forgot, too. I don't know if I can. (laughs) I I didn't hate the movie. I just felt like so many a movie were just like yeah here's some fan service Hope I, li- like I like that it was in the 90s and it was fun and I like the kitty floor girl burgle or whatever the hell it- yeah 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 the cat with tentacle faces <laughs> uh, number 14 is gonna be one that uh, you guys are never gonna guess okay yellow jacket 
He was driven mad by his obsessive need to live up to his mentor's legacy. This is just a guy who needed therapy. Yeah. Seriously, like, I'm not, no. I'm not, like, I, don't, I, I don't like I would, this one on the I, list. I would put Supreme Intelligence above Yellow Jacket. And the problem with Yellow Jacket is the same thing I have with a lot of the villains, especially in the MCU movies, where they're just essentially carbon copies of yeah. the hero. I mean, yeah, oh, cool. I have a bug suit, too. Great. And... The bug suit looks really cool, but I like the fact when it was Hank Pym in the What If Mm -hmm. series wearing it more than the guy who was actually wearing it. Yeah, and it says, um, you know, following the massive uh, footsteps of the brilliant man like Hank Pym can do a a number on a guy. And there are moments where Cross's obvious need to please his former mentor. Cross, that's right, yeah. Breaks through his facade (laughs) of maniacal brilliance. Yeah, I couldn't even remember the guy's "Eh." name. Yeah, Just just make (laughs) Hank Pym get pissed, wear the yellow jacket suit, and I appreciate that a lot more. I have a question. Is Loki on this list? Because he was a villain. He was. I was going to ask, which Loki? Yeah, right? Like Prime I f- Loki, I guess, then? No. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, maybe Avengers Loki, but also he was just a pawn of Thanos at that point in time. Yeah, so Loki is number eight. Yes. Loki was wow, left more than Thanos? To peri- <laughs> so he was left to perish by his real father and was raised in the shadow of his adopted brother, Thor. So... That makes sense. All honestly, and what we found out, even with the TV show and everything, like he just really wanted to be equal. It very much has, now that I think of it, it reminds me of Gamora and Nebula. Nebula yeah. didn't necessarily want to kill her her sister. She just wanted to win. She wanted to finally, like, finally win the uh, approval of her father, who was never going to give it to her anyway, right. and wanted to prove to her sister, like, I am just as good as you. Yeah, like you need to respect me, she felt disrespected. So this was kind of similar vibes. Yeah, exactly. The whole I want to be seen thing for who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. The God of Trickster always is seen for something else. Uh, the, the other uh, Loki that we know as Sylvie is number three. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Sylvie just wanted to stop the TVA from destroying lives like they did hers. Mm-hmm. So in reality... She's not even the bad guy at this. I mean, no. I get I get that why she is the villain because they're chasing her throughout the series. And then she effed stuff up at the end. Oh yeah. And I mean she's not <clears throat> the only one. I mean <laughs> Who broke it? I broke it. Everybody broke Everybody it. Everybody broke it. <laughs> uh okay. Do you guys want me to I'm gonna continue it on yeah, with the list unless going. there was another one you guys wanted to throw out there? As we're thinking about it, but go ahead and hit us another one right uh, there. Number 13, Thunderbolt Ross. Always just does what he thinks is best for his country. Yeah, Thunderbolt was uh, General Thaddeus Ross, mm-hmm. who was uh, in Hulk. Oh. Uh, was, so uh, he was the one who made the abomination. Yeah, he's the father of... Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross, Liv yeah. Tyler's character. Yeah, so I mean, movie. like, if, if it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stretch on that, but yeah. You don't get to make the list if you're in that movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> His demand, that, but like also later on, like he demanded that War Machine arrest Captain America and the gang after they returned to the Avengers campus in Avengers Infinity War. And he didn't do it. No, like he, <laughs> he, he thinks he's doing the right thing, but you messed up, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number 12, Mysterio. He was actually just a, coll- they were actually a collection of former Stark employees looking to get back at Iron Man for being disrespected. And I mean, that's kind of the, it was the getting <laughs> towards the end of the, oh, I've been screwed by Tony Stark. Let's be a maniacal villain. And even like, I think I saw a comparison of how he remembered that instance to what actually happened. Like when you watch the original film when they did the flashbacks. It was way more exaggerated in his memory. Oh, yeah, totally. Because, yeah, he felt disrespected, but it wasn't necessarily as bad as he thought. 
This one, I don't even think you guys are going to think about. Uh, 11 is Ivan Vanko's traumatic childhood resulted from Howard Stark's accusations against Vanko's father. Oh, and that was Mickey Rourke mm-hmm. in, uh, as Whiplash yeah. in uh, Iron Man 2. Oh, which, so you know who's going to make the list. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, or yeah. who? Uh, is the dude from Captain America the Winter Soldier? Which one? Um, uh, he plays in the series afterwards as well. Whose name I can never remember. Who's the interrogator? Zemo. Zemo. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Helmut Zemo is number five. Yeah. yeah. And and again, it was that sort of same thing. Yeah. The ten hours on YouTube that you can just loop. <laughs> oh, there's ten hours. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Wow. If he, you really want to. He definitely was that surprise character that I did not think I would very much care for. Yeah, like care yeah. for and enjoy. He's out of line, but not wrong. Exactly. Very <laughs> memeable. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, uh, Ivan Vanko. Number 10 is, I can never say his name, Cass- Cassulus from um, Doctor Strange. He said he just wanted to be reunited with his deceased wife and son. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was Mads Mikkelsen playing mm-hmm. the sorcerer who uh, ends up getting, you know, spoilers, sucked it's up like- and zombified into uh, uh, Dormammu's... Uh, Gotta watch out for Dormammu. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't make bargains with Dormammu or any sort of celestial being like that. Unless you can loop time forever. Yeah, I was gonna say, I've done that Nelden ring, and I don't think it's gonna end well for me. <laughs> no. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Like, was he in a rational frame of mind when he decided he wanted to bring in Dormammu, the ruler of a place called the Dark Dimension, to Earth nope. in order to save the world? Decidedly not, but he and his zealots really did believe that they were saving the world from a tragedy of death and that Dormammu would free everyone from the struggles of both time and normal lifespans. Him being the victim of his own grief after the passing of his son and wife, though he was promising disciple, uh, he was a promising disciple of the ancient one in her teachings. That unmanageable anguish would wrap his mind and take him down the dark path. Now, I think on this one, maybe maybe top five at this point, even though we've covered most of a Mordo, um, because Mordo from Doctor Strange, I felt has a really good. Uh, 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 sort of aspect on that too, because while he was the friend, and I mean, we're going to see him more in uh, upcoming in uh, in the multiverse of madness. His whole thought about this was that Doctor Strange is screwing this all up. I've got to leave. I guess he wasn't right. a villain at that point in time until the yeah. very end. But like his villainy, I feel that it, even if he's not on this list, that's going to be like I think he, it's at least he's got good game. he's got good reasons because everyone's screwing up magic, and Doctor Strange is screwing up magic every time he does magic. He's screwing something up at this point. Right. He's not on this list, yes. But yeah, that yeah, makes but sense, yeah. I, I could totally see him being on the list. Number nine, like I said, was Thanos. Number eight was Loki. Number seven was Ultron. He saw humanity's impact on the world and believed the planet needed saving. It's the best robot. Spends five minutes on the internet, decides that we all need to die. I mean, you know what? You know what? You're not wrong. Just spend like... Three minutes on like 4chan and then, yeah, less. <laughs> Number six is another uh, another god or goddess. Uh, uh, Hela. 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 Number six, yeah. she was trapped by her father in hell for thousands of years. True. She was what he wanted her to be. And then he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't think you can change your ways, so get the hell out. Yeah. I'm going to just she couldn't. imprison you. <laughs> so like, I don't blame her for being kind of pissed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number five, we did say was Zemo. Number four is the vulture. He was driven by a desperate need to provide for his family. And you know what? He just he was he ran a construction company, just happened upon some of that technology and was like, Yeah, why don't I make a thing? Right. I then mean, he got rich and didn't do anything nice though. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna keep selling these weapons. But I have kids and a family I need to take care of. Right. Number three was Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Number two was Killmonger. And number one, the one you're never, never gonna, gonna get, get yeah. Ghost. 
She, they wow, were looking, I forgot, yeah. Looking to <laughs> cure the molecular instability that resulted from a childhood accident. So if you don't remember uh, seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ava Starr lost both of her parents in an accident where a quantum tunnel exploded and left her with a molecular instability that has her a constant switching between tangible and intangible states of being. So the shifting between quantum states is extremely painful for her and would eventually lead to her demise had Janet Van Dyne not cured her at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp. I forgot about that. I um, actually was thinking it was going to be the oh, the scientist that was helping her because he did a lot of weird stuff. Played to... by Lawrence Fishburne, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that's who was going to be on number one. I couldn't even remember the, the, the name of the character who was actually getting affected by it because he was really the one that was like stealing a bunch of stuff and causing a bunch of havoc for Hank Pym. And they were like, what, what are you doing this for? And he's like, I swear I have a good reason. And then, of course, you find out and it's he doesn't, a ghost. Right? And it's like, well, that's kind of a good reason, I guess, except you're killing a lot of people in the process. <laughs> Now, what do you guys think? Do you guys agree with this list? Do you think somebody else needs to be up higher? Or you can even give me your thoughts on other villains that you agree with or understand, I should say, from other genres, whether it's DC, oh, yeah. whether it's anime, whatever. I would like to hear from that. And until next time, stay nerdy.